0: You're a your healthier nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. You're six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. You're 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics. You're six-time Stanley Cup champion, New Boston Bruins. And you're 11-time national champ, excuse me, in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You're 51-time Scottish Premier League champion, Celtic football. You're... Ch- your team for NC or for NCAA men's basketball, Guns oh wait, Gonzaga, Bulldogs, your te- your your Chelsea football, crap, we got it. all right, Chelsea football. Crap. Ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, um, Chelsea football, right state baseball, and uh Boston College men's hockey. Crap, we got to do better with that. Yeah, we added more teams on in there. Yeah, that's going to screw things up, yeah. All right, so some news for the Red Sox. Their 2020 schedule for the 60-game season has come out on Monday. So they they are basically just going to be playing only teams in the AL East. And teams in the NL so like National League East team or National League East teams, and then yeah, AL, or their own uh, division and stuff like that. So they will open up on Saturday, July the 24th, against the Baltimore Orioles at home in front of an empty Fenway Park, or they are planning on doing like a yeah, like a crowd noise and stuff like that. So, yeah. They do uh, play some expedition games at Fenway against the Blue Jays on the 21st and 22nd. So, uh, some kind of like expedition games. So, probably next week. Yeah, it is next week. Huh. Wait, no, no, two weeks from now. Never mind. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, coming pretty close. Yeah. So, the Red Sox held their own, like, little, like, uh, scrimmage on this week and I'm not really sure who won but I know that uh, Jason Veritek was umping and like he basically had like a uh, rung up JD Martinez it was pretty funny like the video yeah they did also try a uh, crowd noise in one of their expedition games that's pretty neat like sounds really cool I mean it doesn't sound the same as an actual like uh but it's pretty cool I mean it will do just for this season or possibly next season. We don't know if we're going to have fans next year or playing next year or attendance next year. Yeah, But it will do. I mean, yeah. To kind of make it feel like, yeah, so here we are. Here is the crowd noise. <coughs> The thing that I am kind of wondering, like, if they're all going to be in the dugout, I mean, yeah, what about social distancing? Yeah, that would actually – I don't know. If they, if they can try to make it work, I mean, yeah, like, there's going to be some habits. Like, guys can't spit. Like, sunflower seeds, no, they cannot spit. Nope. Or, like, I've actually listened to a podcast this morning on a walk. Uh, they were discussing, like, uh, some pitchers would, like, lick their hands, try to get the ball and stuff. Or, like uh, – like, get like uh, traction on the ball and stuff like that, and like try to get it rubbed up. I don't think they can do that anymore. Like, if that's the case, then they have to get a new ball. Yeah. So, that's a habit that pitchers are going to have to start getting rid of, at least for this year, or possibly ever. Yeah. So, some bad news for the Red Sox. Four players this week, this last time, since last time we recorded, have now contracted COVID. Josh, uh, Taylor, Josh Taylor, relief pitcher. Darwinson Hernandez, starting pitcher. Could have been a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher. Now down. Our, one of our starting pitchers and possibly supposed to be the ace heading into the year now with that Chris Sale and uh, David Price. Chris Sale is now on the I.L. because of uh, after getting Tommy John and now David Price is gone. So he should have been basically the ace. Now he's going to be out and possibly going to miss opening day because of COVID. And one of our starting or one of our top prospects, Brian, Bobby Dahlback, is now out, who could have made possibly the big league team this year. I mean, there's still time on it, but now they're probably going to be out this is the start of the year because they all contracted COVID. Yeah. Mm. Stinks. Yeah. yeah. Especially Erod, Rod, who basically had a season to remember last year, and he could have got 20 wins too. Yeah, if the bullpen didn't blow the. Blow the game in game in the last game of the season, yeah. Good thing that ended in a win, a walk off win because that was, that did because that was the only good thing that happened during that game. Yeah, and I was mad that they kind of blew that for him. Yeah, first pitcher since Rick Porcello in twenty sixteen that or a left handed pitcher. Yeah, that actually got twenty wins. So yeah, for yeah. He's the same age as me, A-Rod. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know. I knew Uh, I uh, Colton Brewers, Xander Z- Bogarts, and when he was still with the Red Sox, Mookie Betts. Yeah. We'll get into the, what he said earlier this week, too. Yeah. They're all the same age as me. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. Like, I'm looking at, like, some of these, like, players, like, Noah Syndergaard, Javier Baez of the Cubs. All these guys are around the same age as me, or like at the same age as me. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so Mookie Betts news. So he told uh reporters in LA that he doesn't regret turning down the Red Sox offer that they gave him, like the three million dollar deal. Yeah. At the same time, I feel like Yes, what I've loved to have Seen the Red Sox locked him up. But, yeah, but at the same time, they really gave him a really crappy deal or an offer. So I really feel like that, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't blame Mookie Betts for turning that down. I totally did agree. That was a really crappy deal that they – or offer that they gave him. And I feel like that's what the Red Sox owners, like, all of them do. No offense, I still love the team, but our owners kind of stink. I mean – there have been players who said like um, there's there was some place at time like after the 2007 World Series that they just start stopped just caring about baseball. They just really stopped caring. Like they cared more about uh their interest in the Liverpool soccer team and stuff like that. And it's really just like went to the point where like they – yes, they'll have seasons where they'll win the World Series, but then a few years in between, they kind of stink. Like they made last place finishes. They made postseason – appearances but were out quickly especially like between 2013 and 2018 they were out quickly yeah so yeah so and yeah like 2012 let's not talk about that Woo. yeah yeah that's why i mean i feel like 2012 is why i kind of woke them up a little bit saying like hey we need to get back to winning baseball but yeah there was a time where they really just didn't care i feel like they still kind of don't care me and Dad were a uh, watch rewatching uh, the ring ceremony from la- or from last year, and they were talk and he was talking about like how like John Henry's wife was basically kind of little phony. Yeah, she, like yeah, there's like times where like she'll hug some players and some like won't even acknowledge any of them during like when they're giving like handing out their rings and stuff like that. Yeah, he just felt like, man. What? So yeah. So there is um a part, uh, also with the Yasiel Plague interest, we've now got an interest in possibly an old relief or old pitcher or a, like not old pitcher, but you know what I mean, like basically like and a familiar name who used to pitch for the Blue Jays who gave us headaches when every started, especially in 2016. Um, you all know him, Aaron Herne- or Aaron Sanchez. <laughs> About to say. All right, Aaron Sanchez, who uh, last year was a five and fourteen, but I mean, there was a time he was really good. But there was a time he was really good. I still like he's he's still pretty decent. Yeah, he could still be a pretty decent hitter. He just didn't have a really good twenty nineteen last year. Yeah. So they're kind of hoping of maybe having trying to sign him since Erod's now down. They need a starting pitcher. I try to acquisition because we got Evaldi, we got Martin Perez, um, Colin, Colin McHugh, yeah, um, Brian Johnson, but we don't have a fifth starter. <laughs> I don't even know who our fifth starter is. Yeah. So yeah, and also weirdly speaking of schedules, I forgot to mention this. So days after they release their 2020 schedule. They've now decided to unveil their 2021 schedule. Yeah. So for next season. So basically they will have to play like the same. uh, They'll play like a regular schedule, like play their division team and like in or in American league teams, like so the teams and other divisions in the American league, and they will play the NL East teams and they start on opening day. Against once again the Baltimore Royals at home on April the 1st, April Fool's Day. Man, they kind of bumped it back. Yeah. Usually it would be in March and April, March and April, or uh, late March, but now they're kind of pushing it back almost a few days. Yeah. So, yeah. So kind of looking forward. Looking forward. We don't know if there's still going to be a season like few players like David Price opted out, Buster Posey at the. San Francisco Giants, catcher, longtime catcher for the San Francisco Giants, saying, like, yeah, he might give it a little bit, give it a little bit of a few weeks, but then decide whether he's going to opt out. Yeah. And a lot of these testing, yeah, they're not really doing good and stuff like that. Like, some guys have actually called off their practices and stuff like that or workouts. Yeah. Because they don't want to, like, yeah, because, like, they're getting delayed uh, test results, yeah, which is not great. Yeah. yeah, MLB needs to really clean it up. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of a little worried about this year's MLB season. But hopefully we haven't. Hopefully on July the 30th, on literally two weeks from today, we'll be talking about baseball. We will be talking about some games about baseball. Yeah, I was talking, game. yeah talking baseball games, yeah. Can't talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, let's see. All right, let's get into some uh, football news. So, not a lot of uh, Patriots news this week. Um, I did see that uh, Eagles wide receiver uh, Deshaun Jackson made some very anti-Semitic comments. Yeah. Yeah. Like an Instagram post where like he said like very anti-Semitic comments. This was not really great, and where this ties into the New England Patriots, you know, our wide receiver Julian Edelman um, happens to be a Jewish American. Yeah. So, like, he kind of had some words. Like, he didn't. He didn't say like. Um, he thought that uh, he just want. He said that he wanted to come to an understanding with the uh, Deshaun Jackson. I'm trying to see where the video he sent out. All right. Well, there was a video where, like, he uh, talked tried to get to uh, DeSean, or uh, talk to Deshaun Jackson. Here we are. Here's the. i
1: been getting hit up by everyone asking me about this Deshaun Jackson post, and I wanted to take some time before I responded because it's a complicated issue, and I wanted to be thoughtful. I wrote down some of my thinking. All right, I've seen Deshaun playing his career make outstanding football plays. We've communicated over social media. I've got nothing but respect for his game. I know he said some ugly things, but I do see an opportunity to have a conversation. I'm proud of my Jewish heritage. And for me, it's not just about religion. It's about community and culture as well. I'm unusual because I didn't identify as Jewish until later in my life. Whenever I encountered hatred, it never really felt like it was aimed at me. It was only after I was part of this community that I learned how destructive hate is. Anti-Semitism is one of the oldest forms of hatred. It's rooted in ignorance and fear. I remember experiencing a little bit of this hate in 2011 when I was called a kike on the football field. There's no room for anti-Semitism in this world. Even though we're talking about anti-semitism, I don't want to distract from how important the Black Lives Matter movement is and how we need to stay behind it. I think the Black and Jewish communities have a lot of similarities. One unfortunate similarity is that they are both attacked by the ignorant and the hateful. It's really hard to see the challenges a community can face when you're not part of it. So what we need to do is we need to listen, we need to learn, we need to act. We need to have those uncomfortable conversations if we're gonna have real change. So to that end, Sham, let's do a deal. How about we go to DC and I take you to the Holocaust Museum and then you take me to the Museum of African-American History and Culture. Afterwards, We grab some burgers, and we have those uncomfortable conversations. This world needs a little more love, compassion, and empathy. Take care.
0: Well said. Well said. Very well said. Yeah. We already need to be really better than that. And the Eagles have penalized uh, Deshaun Jackson for his uh, comments and stuff like that, so... All right, so Cam Newton ha- and uh, Nikhil Harry have basically, yeah, base have uh, started working out and stuff like that together, so that, like they start taking uh, snaps and uh, passes to each other on the field. Yeah, and there's also some rumors too. I think uh, Antonio Brown said that he possibly wants to come back to the Patriots, so we'll see what that that works out. Yeah. Yeah. What you're getting is a really good wide receiver. It's just like, just I don't know, like the on the lock. Yeah, kind of like he has like a, uh locker room issues and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. It kind of sucked that that didn't work out with uh Antonio Brown. Yeah. Because you were getting a really good wide receiver. You know, our Patriots news to report. Yeah, I do apologize for the uh, word, the yeah, one uh, anti-Semitic term that uh, Julian Edelman was uh, using. I think he was like he was referring to when he uh, had experiences on the field of being called an anti-Semitic term. Yeah, yeah, I do apologize for that. Uh, I mean, he wasn't. He was just yeah using experience from his life. Yeah. yeah all right Celtics news <laughs> so they now players have started to leave for the bubble in Los Angeles yeah not a lot to report just mainly just uh getting ready for the season um uh, it looks like Jalen Brown has a uh, decided to uh um I believe like uh get off uh Instagram and stuff like that like during this time try to get away from all that stuff so pretty neat yeah, so I mean whatever you can do, I mean at this point, like that would actually be a good idea if you got off that. But yeah. But some people like they just can't get off that. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Alright. Let's see. There's Celtics nude. Well it like looks like us the NBA has a like possibly allowed to uh let players, uh, or like NBA players are uh, trying to uh, get past, like, uh, let them use or to ch- decide whether um on the back of their jerseys, like, what sayings like, a uh, Black Lives Matters or like Love Us and stuff like that. It's, yeah, basically, yeah. So hopefully, yeah. Let's see. news that did come out today um so the celtics are basically uh um basically yeah, they're like uh, trying to take it slow with the uh, kemba walker's uh knee injury and stuff like that so like they're basically trying to slow him into getting ready for the season so and also celtics assistant coach uh, you know the female coach that sits behind the bench stuff like that kara lawson so now she has a uh, Basically, uh, finalized the deal where like she's now the new women's head, head uh, basketball coach at Duke. So, congrats to her. Yeah, finally get a like head coaching job, whether it's college or pro. So good. So, congrats to her. Good. Yeah. Best of luck to her. Yeah. In her career at Duke. Yeah. Let's see what other news. Not a lot. Just waiting for July the thirtieth when the NBA finally opens up again. So, and also to wrap up, Nick Wright gave us like a 0% chance of winning. Why is this clown even on places like Fox Sports? Or even like guys like Max Kellerman. Why are these idiots allowed to even talk? Give their opinions about sports. I, I don't know. It just That's the thing that just blows my mind. I mean. So the Bruins are of a, so the NHL, so Bruins news, so the NHL has decided to reopen the season starting on August the 1st and the Bruins are heading to Toronto. So the two hub cities that will host the Stanley Cup playoffs or the season are Toronto and Edmonton. So I believe they're playing a couple of games before the actual, the playoffs, the Or like decide whether, like who will go where and stuff like that. So on uh, August the 2nd, the Bruins will open up against the Philadelphia Flyers at home in Toronto. And on the 5th, they'll play the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then on on the 5th, again, a home game. And then on the 8th, they'll play against the Washington Capitals on the 8th of uh, August. Yeah. Oh, wait. So hockey is coming back. I think these are games to decide whether they'll what seating they'll be in in the playoffs. But yeah, so it's hockey is coming back. So yeah, every, everything's starting to come back, but slowly. Yeah, everybody just starts taking the precautions and stuff like that. I feel like we'll have sports. Yeah, I feel like these seasons will happen. So it's pretty neat. Like now, life is starting to almost get back to normal. Not entirely, but getting close to at least back to normalcy. All right, so Celtic football – oh, wait, actually, Notre Dame football, yeah. So Notre Dame football, so if they are going to have a season this year, it looks like they're going to have to cancel some games because it looks like a lot of these conferences, especially conferences like uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pac-12, like USC and Stanford, all opponents probably of this year have decided to play only conference games. They will not play any non-conference games. So that kind of screws Notre Dame a little bit, too, because they're an independent school where it comes to football. Yeah, college football. But there is some hope. It looks like the ACC, where we were kind of playing some games with some of their teams and stuff like that, country, like a conference, they've decided to let us play some games. they decided to let us come in and play some games. So that's pretty neat so hopefully yeah that will actually work that would actually work yeah and yes and this is where i feel like yes i believe i still am a fan of being independent because you can decide who you want to play if you want to play the big time schools like michigan alabama usc and all these teams are big time programs in texas and have those series like that every year like where you go to their place and they'll come to your place and that's where I feel like independence would be good. But I'm now starting to see where now being independent might not be good at possibly a time like this because, as I'm saying, all these conferences are starting to play only only conference games. So they're not really, yeah, where that's kind of screwing their name. Yeah. So, yeah. So good. Yeah, that's what I like about the ACC. Yeah, they're actually willing to bring us in and and use them as a conference. Yeah. So, Notre Dame, and that's where we'll end with the news for Notre Dame today or for this week. So, they have decided to sign 2021 offensive tackle Joe Adel, Alt. Joe Alt. Yeah. They decided to sign him a freestar recruit from Joe Alt. Okay, this is... Football recruit. All right, so recruit out of... Let's see, yeah, from Minneapolis, Tato Grace, or Tato Grace, tight end. I thought he was an offensive tackle. No, it's an offensive lineman from... School in or Minneapolis, Missouri. So, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. We get to see him soon. Yeah. High regarded and holds in high regard. So he's a really good um, offensive tackle. So, awesome. Yeah. All right, so we will go to break and then come back and talk about uh, Celtic football, Chelsea football scores, and possibly talk about what I've been watching recently. So don't go anywhere. All right. We are back to talk about Celtic football and some Chelsea football scores and what I've been watching recently. All right. Okay. So Celtic football has released their schedule, at least for Premier League schedule. They haven't released like Champions League. They did release some friendly or preseason scores. So these are just regular. So they open – on Sunday, August the second, against Hamilton at Celtic Park. So and yeah, from their home fans. Hoping to uh make it ten in a row. Scottish Premier Leagues. Yeah. And then so yeah, and then they'll end the season as scheduled against Ross County on April the third, twenty twenty-one, at on the road. And they play Rangers, yeah. Rangers. And then I did get some email um, for Celtic TV that uh, they're starting to release uh, friendly games or friendly C- Celtics games. So they're playing OGC Nice, so team in France, and they play Olympic Lyonnais, and then uh, Paris France, Germain, Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. So yeah, Nice is on uh, July the first, July sixteenth. On Thursday, so next Thursday. Then next Saturday, they play uh, Olymp- olympic unit Yon- Yon- Linus on uh, the 18th. And then on uh, Paris Saint-Germain on the 21st of July. Yeah. So, yeah, Celtic football is coming back. So, pretty neat. Awesome. Indian. oh yeah and they did release their home kits so home jerseys for this year and they kind of look sim- similar like basically the same as like uh the green and white striping horizontal striping and basically the 4 leaf clover in the background just like the song and also the yeah like sponsorship that they have on the front yeah the, the four leaf, yeah just like the song What the 4 leaf clover are on my breast and the green and white upon my chest—it's such a joy. For me. all right, so yeah, nothing to it. I'm not really sure when they'll release their uh, um, ho- or wagers or alternate jerseys or kits. I should just call them kits. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, any other news? I think we're good. All right, first um, English pro- or for uh, Chelsea football, they played uh, three games. So on July the fourth, they played Watford, and then uh, won that game three nothing, in at um let's see, at uh in or yeah at Stamford Bridge. I kind of like their uh, kits. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. And then they played uh Crystal or Crystal Park Palace at Selhurst Park. Um I believe on Wednesday or Thursday and won that game 3 to 2. And then they played a game against Sheffield United and lost that game 3 nothing. Not good for Chelsea. Not good. So yeah. So like took so took three out two, three out two. Yeah. Actually pretty neat. Yeah. So I'm not really sure where the state I looked up the standings of where they're at. It Looks like the it's the same as last year's. So I'm not really sure. Yeah. So sorry we couldn't really give you standings of where they're at and how many. Uh, I'm a little confused about the season. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the segment, what I've been watching recently. All right. So I've uh, started watching a show on Hulu called Crossing Swords. It's made by the same guy who did Robot Chicken, Seth Green, creator. So yeah, Robot Chicken dudes. Yeah. So basically it takes place, Crossing Swords is basically uh, um, follows a good-hearted peasant named Patrick. Who, uh, basically tries to become a knight, tries to become a, or tries to become, like, a squire or a knight, um, at the royal castle in their, like, make-believe medieval land. So, I watched season one. So, basically, it talks about, like, it, uh, flashes or starts out with, like, when they're him and his, uh, siblings who are basically, yeah, kind of, like, uh, really me to him and stuff like that and not really great, um, uh, it starts out with, like, an early childhood incident that kind of affects them. Um, and then it comes back to the grown up. So, they, uh, so the older sister, uh, Cora, is, like, a notorious pirate queen. Blarney is, like, a successful clown or a drunk clown. And Ruben is a uh, dashing rogue. <laughs> and uh, Patrick is basically not doing anything with his life. So, like, uh, his parents kick him out. So he decides, hey, what if I, there's a tournament, squire tournament in town. What if I take part in that and try to become a squire? Yeah. So he takes part in it. And then he finds out that, uh, um, <laughs> they're, yeah, the whole system's kind of crooked. Like, um, so yeah, like refs are, uh, paying off refs. Um, yeah. And it's just like, it's really, uh, yeah, like to the former, like, uh, he, uh, kind of doesn't like it, but he does get the job of being squire. He, but eventually, yeah, i give it. I spoil alert for you. He does basically yeah become the squire, but he finds out that this yeah the whole business is kind of crooked. It's kind of a comedy. It's like the same like animated comedy. So like as I said, same guy who did a uh, robot chicken. So yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so just recently, just uh pre or debuted. So yeah. Up next is Das Boot. Yes, and not the movie, but I want to go see that movie. Uh based, it's actually based off the movie Das Boot, which is basically it falls like a German U-boat during World War II and stuff like that. And basically, yeah, during the Battle of the Atlantic. So this is a show that came out last year on Netflix. I started watching episode one of season one. Yeah. So basically, um, so it starts out with like a U-boat that doesn't really show up, U-113, is attacked by an allied plane in the Atlantic. And basically the captain had to abandon ship and basically everybody uh died on board after they uh got uh death charged or like had death charges thrown on them. Death charges as in, like basically, yeah. Barrels of rum full of explosives that they sink to the bottom and basically, yeah, sink the U-boat. And everybody died because the U-boat sunk. Yeah. So basically then fast forwards to uh, La La Rochelle in uh, France, which is – oh, it's an actual town in France. It's southeastern – France or southwestern France, huh? And this is where they basically had a – yeah, like a U-boat port and stuff like that. And so like they now fall U-16 or U-612 or – 612 um, is being ready for the maiden voyage and like it talks about like life and um, um, talks about like a court martial that happened. Um, talks about yeah, and stuff like that. So like it's kind of getting ready, like talk about resistance in France and like basically getting ready for the maiden voyage kind of like falls. So yeah, that's basically what the show is. It falls um resistance in France and during, in this town of uh La Rochelle, and then like falls the U-boat one six or a uh, six one two. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah so yeah, it kind of like bounces back and forth and something like that. It's kind of neat, but um it is in German, so it is entirely in German. There is one scene where like uh and that's the beginning where like only person speaks English and stuff like that, but, like, everybody else is speaking German or French. So, it's, yeah. It's because you gotta have to actually follow it to kind of, like, really get a gist of it. So, like, it's kind of neat. It's really suspenseful. Alright, so... Next up is, uh, The Last Kingdom. And this is basically a story about, uh... Um, basically, yeah... Or as a series that takes place in England during, like, the Dane invasions, stuff like that, during the Middle Ages, so the Dark Ages. Um, So, basically, it follows a young boy named Osbert, who later becomes Aldridge. Um, They see Viking ships coming, and then... um, um, Basically, the Earl of... Or or Ragnar, basically, is attacking. So, basically... uh, or uh his uh dad King Oldridge sends out his oldest son, Oldridge, yeah, man, there are a lot of Aldridge. All right, to spy on the Danes, and then uh basically he kind of harasses the Danes and they basically as retaliation, let's get him on board and like chop up his head. And basically, so they rode up to uh Brandenburg, which is basically where King Oldridge is at, and like say, hey, here we got your son, and like actually, yeah, we got your son as we got his head, and we're gonna just drop it here. Yeah, it's saying, hey, don't mess with us. <laughs> so yeah, so as retaliation, they start uh Brandon forms an army. So King Aldrich forms an army, and then Albert, who later becomes Oldridge. Yeah, Utridge or Utridge um, um form an army, and then they try to attack the Vikings. Doesn't go well. Uh Ragnar and Ubert, uh, the other warlord, and uh at the Battle of uh Itch- Ettrick, and yeah, they basically kill King Aldrich, and they took Young Aldrich, who's the main character of the show, and a lot of, and then basically make him his Viking slave. Um, as time goes on, he uh, basically yeah, grows fond of Aldrich, King Ragnar, and basically there's an incident where like uh, he protects uh or uh, he protects uh, Ragnar's daughter from getting raped by one of the Viking settlers' sons. Um, so, like, basically, yeah, so, like, he basically comes to her aid, and, like, basically, he's so impressed by this, uh, standing up for her and stuff like that, so, I, yeah, basically, yeah, it's stand, or, yeah, and stuff like that, yeah, I can't talk, um, so, basically, so, there's a deal where, like, um, Udred's, um, uncle, who's also the King's brother, um, wants him back, but, like, there's, like, um, some deals and stuff like that, so, Yeah, I can't, I can't, yeah. All right, so basically, yeah, so I'm on season one, episode one of season one. So pretty neat show. I kind of recommend it. Yeah. All right. All right, so what's next? The Morning Show. So basically, this is a show on uh, Apple TV. It kind of follows a morning show um Jennifer Anson's in it Alex Levy one of the co-hosts of uh the morning show and then uh Steve Carell who plays a character called Mitch Keller who's now getting fired because he uh had some uh, sexual harassment charges on him and like he's getting fired yeah oh man the same oh yeah and also yeah the same guy who plays a uh, Pete Eckhart on a. Uh, um, The League is on here, too. Charles Chip Black, one of the executive producers of the show. So, yeah. So, yeah. And also Reese Witherspoon's in it, too. Bradley Jackson, who's, like, a field reporter for, like, one of the um, news anchors in uh, Virginia. So she later becomes part of the show, and that's pretty neat. I'm really interested. I really am interested. Yeah. Kind of funny, that I guess. The same guy who played Michael Scott, um, Steve Carell, is getting charged. Yeah. About to say, maybe you should have said those, uh, that's what she said, jokes on The Office. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. Up next, another Apple TV show called Mystic Quest, Raven's Banquet. So basically, this is a, so the same guy who played uh, Mac on uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Ian Grimm, or is a character called Ian Grimm, who's like a creative director for a video game um company that they're they're having they're starting a new video game and like i've watched season one it's pretty funny but yeah i can see we're like yeah might not be a little bit so yeah so like they're trying to get this uh game launched and they're doing like they're arguing about updates and stuff like that it's pretty funny (laughs) yeah so it's really neat yeah i kind of recommend it yeah it is kind of crude and a little crass but i mean yeah I mean, a lot of these shows are just suggestions, what I've been watching, too. I mean, yeah. I'm not sugge- telling you have to watch them, but, like, I just... If you want to find something to do, like, on a Saturday afternoon or binge-watching, like, on these quarantine times, I've given you some options. I've given you some options. Yeah. All right. Norsemen, which is kind of, like, a funny version of... Um, uh, of uh like the last kingdom but like uh basically falls a uh, norse or like a viking um perspective but it's supposed to be pretty funny like it's a little bit satire it's on netflix pretty funny yeah. Yeah. kind of follows like viking culture and stuff like that so i i kind of recommend it yeah only three seasons so i started watching the outer banks uh my coach from uh um Harlem community college uh Nate metzger kind of gave me or uh, basically a uh, shout out him or shout out Nate metzger um for giving me this uh the outer banks let me watch this so basically it falls like a show um in actually the outer banks is actually yeah huh, it's a real place in north carolina huh. so basically yeah so there's a they live in this town in the Outer Banks of yeah, North Carolina where, like, the town is divided in half. You got the rich folks, and then you got the poor folks. And basically, this falls, like, the poor folks, like, or a group of friends called the Pogues. And basically, yeah, so, like, they basically try to get, like, uh, the main character, John B., tries to get everybody to, like, go on and, like an adventure and, like, try to find out where happened to his dad. And then they find a boat during, like, after a hurricane hit the coast of the Outer Banks, Like, they found a boat while trying to go uh, fishing, crawfishing, like, one of the sand dunes. And they run into this boat, and, like, this boat that's already sunk. And it kind of, like, they start kind of, like, putting the pieces together in the first episode. Kind of, like, there might be something going on here. And, like, it kind of ties into his dad because his dad is – or John B.'s dad's gone missing for, like, a while. And, like, nobody knows where he went. Now you're kind of starting to figure out where his dad probably went. Because they found at the end of the episode, they found his uh, they found his compass while we're looking for the boat, or looking like do- scuba diving through the boat and like find find the his pocket watch or something, pocket watch or a compass or yeah, and they find out that yeah, like this is his dad's, so they decide to go on treasure hunt, try to find out where that money went. Yeah, there's money involved. It's pretty good. I really yeah, I really am glad that he recommended this to me. And also another one he actually recommended. I mean, and this show is now starting to—they're already starting to film their final season called The Ozarks. Yeah, it's a little dark. I mean, it's a little dark. John Bateman's in it. Uh, Laura Lenny's in it. Yeah, it's kind of dark, but I mean, it's really interesting. It really is. Yeah, follows a guy who's basically yeah, um, tied up with like a Mexican drug cartel, and uh, they find out in the first episode. A few of his associates um his fiance and like the guys who are uh, or uh, his associates fiance and uh few of the truck dr- or truck drivers were laundering money to the cartel and trying to steal money from the cartel so he had him executing he's about to execute uh john uh, bateman's character marty bird and he decided to get his way out like hey what if i take this business to the ozarks like ozark the lake of the ozarks in missouri like no one's gonna follow me out there. The FBI will not follow me out there. What if I just do it? If I, all right, I'll give you just chance, but if you screw this up, I will. Yes, yeah. So yeah, basically, it's kind of a little dark. I mean, so yeah. So I've already started watching re- just before recording this episode. Watched the first episode of the show. I mean, it's a little dark. I mean, it kind of shows that like he's not really a great dude, uh, Martin Bird. Yeah, he's kind of, yeah. Yeah, like he doesn't have a really good family life. Him and his wife are cheating on each other. He's also looking for it on his computer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on work, yes. A little. <laughs> I mean, he's looking at this too while he's meeting with associates, like people who are trying to um, get involved in finance. Yeah, it's just, wow. Whoa, yeah. Pretty neat. Not neat. I mean, look pretty weird, yeah. Yeah, but. But it's a very interesting. So I really am really started glad, glad start watching it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what we've been watching. Yeah, sorry, we kind of butchered it, uh, like the intros and stuff like that. But yeah, so we watched the uh, Crossing Swords, Das Boot, uh, Last Kingdom. Let's see, Morning Show, Mystic Quest. Um the Outer Banks and the Ozarks. So yeah. Pretty neat shows. How are, yeah. How have you been doing? All right. So we will go to break and then. So next we're gonna st- start a book league standing or book league standings and then do the book review that we done. We just got done recently about a book called Classic Season. Um the Celtics 1967, 1968 uh season maintaining excellence. So We'll go take a break and then come back and start that. So don't go anywhere. Bye. All right. So this is the pre recorded segment of the book league standings. Record on Tuesday afternoon, 425. All right, so here we go. So for the season finale, um, so it's so as ever in first place will be crowned um book league champion for our season three. Three. Or also, season four. Yeah, or what? Yeah, season four. Yeah. All right. So at number one, um, cl- with a uh, with fifty five percent finish. Oh yeah. Classic season, Celtic Football Club, 1967-1968, maintaining excellence by David Potter. And number two with forty eight percent finish, Warsaw, nineteen twenty, Lenin's failed conquest of Europe by Adam Zolinski. At number three, with 43% finish, the Boston Red Sox Killer Bees, baseball's best outfield by Jim Prime and Bill Nolan. At uh, number four, with fifty or with 42% finish, If These Walls Can Talk, stories from the Boston Red Sox dugout, locker room, and press box by Jerry Remy and Nick Corfordo. At number five, with 40% finish, The Search for God and Guinness, a biography of the beer that changed the world by Stephen Mansfield. At number six with 38% finish, the Great Book of Boston Sports List by Annie Gersh and Michael Conley. At number seven with 37% finish, The Closer, My Story by Myron Rivera and Wayne Coffey. At number eight with 36% finish, From Darkness to Dynasty, The First 40 Years of the New England Patriots by Jerry Fortin. At number five, at number nine with 36% finish, The Real Pinky Blinders. Billy Kimber, the Birmingham Gang and the Racecourse Wars of the 1920s by Carl Chin. At number 10 with 34% finish, Tales from the New England Patriots Sidelines, a collection of the greatest football or greatest Patriot stories ever told by Michael by Mike Felder. At number 11 with 32% finish, Band of Giants, The Amateur Soldiers Who Won America's Independence by Jack Kelly. At number 12, with 32% finish, The Gipper, George Gipp, Nuke Rocky, and the Dramatic Rise of Notre Dame football by Jack Cavanaugh. At number 13, with 30% finish, Homegrown, How the Red Sox Build a Champion from the Ground Up by Alex Speer. At number 14, with 28% finish, The Good, the Bad, and the Grace of God, How Honesty and Pain ta- Taught Us. About Faith, Family, and Forgiveness by Jeff and Jessica Robertson. Robertson. Number 15, with 27% finish, Black Mask, Whitey Bulger, The FBI, and A Devil's Deal by Dick Lear and Gerard O'Neill. And number 16, with 27% finish, Collision of Empires, The, wo- the War on the Eastern Front in 1914 by Prit Butter. And number 17, with 25% finish, Unbeatable Notre Dame's 1988 Championship and the Last Great College Football Season by Jerry Barca. At number eighteen with 24% finish, 1916: A Global History by Keith Jeffrey. At number nineteen with 24% finish, The Vanquished: Why the First World War Failed to End by Robert Gerarff. And number tw- and number or at number twenty with 23% finish, General Fox Connor. Pershing's chief of operations and Eisenhower's mentor by Stephen Rablis At number twenty-one, the ro- or number twenty-one with twenty-four percent finish, the road to Omaha: Hits, Hopes, and the History of the College World Series by Ryan McGee. At number twenty-two with twenty-two percent finish, coincidentally, huh? Pretty funny. A season for the ages. How the, how the 2016 Chicago Cubs brought its World Series Championship to the north side by Al Yellow. At number 23 with 22% finish, Death of a Nation, Plantation Politics in the Making of the Democratic Party by Desnesh D'Souza. At number 24 with 22% finish, the 50, the 50 best college football teams of all time by Bill Conley. At number 25 with 22% finish, the Irish Civil War, Law, Execution, and Atrocity by Sean Entright. At number 26, with 22% finish, No Better Place to Die by Robert Murphy. At number 27, with 21% finish, A Brave Black Regiment, The History of the 54th Regiment of Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry from 1863 to 1865 by Captain Louise F. Emilio. With 21% finish, yeah, twenty. At number 28, with 21% finish, African Kaiser, General Paul von Leto Volbeck and the Great War in Africa from 1914 to 1918 by Robert Gowdy. At number 29, with 21% finish, Alvin York, A a New Biography of the Hero of the Argonne by Douglas V. Mastriano. At number 30, with 21% finish, Conform, Exposing the Truth of Common Core and Public Education by Glenn Beck. This time I got right. And number 31 with 21% finish, James Conley, 16 Lies by Laura Ken Collins. And number 32 with 20% finish, They Shall Not Pass, The French Army on the Western Front Not from 1914 to 1918 by Ian Sumner. And number 33 with 19% finish, Kashmir Pulaski, The Life and Legacy of the Polish Commander who became the father of the American Cavalry during the Revolutionary War, by Charles Rivers Editors. At number 34 with 19% finish, Fierce, How Competing for Myself Changed Everything, by Allie Raisman. At number 35 with 19% finish, Relentless, A Memoir, by Julian Edelman. At number 36 with 18% finish, The Allies, Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin, and the Unlikely Alliance that won World War II, by Winston Grome. At number 37, with 18% finish, The Arm, Inside the Billion Dollar Mystery of the Most Valuable Commodity in Sports by Jeff Passon. Yeah, megaphone balls. <laughs> Section 10 reference. <laughs> All right. At number 38, with 18% finish, 59 and 84, Old Hoss Rapper and Barehanded Baseball and the Greatest Season a Pitcher Ever Had by Edward Acorn. At number 39, with 17% finish, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. At number 40, with 17% finish, Gallipoli by Alan Moorhead. Let's go down. At number 41, with 16% finish, A Mad Catastrophe The Outbreak of World War I and the Collapse of the Habsburg Empire by Jeffrey Waro. At number number 42, with 15% finish, Boston's 100 Greatest Gamers, ranking the most clutch athletes in Boston sports history by Rob Neaton. At number 43, with 15% finish, Great Dead Wake, The Last Crossing the Lusitania by Eric Larson. At number 44, with 15% finish, The Kid, The Immortal Life of Ted Williams by Ben Bradley Jr., at number forty-five with fifteen percent finish. The Last of the Czars, Nicholas II and the Russia Revolution, by Robert Service. At number forty-six was fifteen percent finish. Nineteen fourteen, the War Years series by James Farner. At number forty-seven with fifteen percent finish. One hundred things Spurs fans should know and do before they die by Mike Munro. And number four, at number forty-eight with fifteen percent finish. Wherever the green is worn, the story of the Irish diaspora by Tim Pat Kogan. A number forty-nine with thirteen percent finish, Irish Boston, a lively his, a lively look at Boston's colorful Irish past by Michael Qu- Queensland. At number fifty with thirteen percent finish, the Kaiser's Army, the German Army in World War I by Ben Stone by David Stone. At number fifty-one with thirteen percent finish. The Ultimate Boston Red Sox Time Machine Book by Martin Glittman. At number 12, with 13% finish, The White War, Life and Death on the Italian Front from 1915 to 1919 by Mark Thompson. At number 53, with 12% finish, Belichick, The Making of the Greatest Football Coach by Ian O'Connor. At number 54, with 11% finish, the Green and the Gray: The Irish and the Confederate States of America by David T. Gleason. At number fifty-five, with the eleven percent finish, The Guns of August: The Outbreak of World War One by Barbara W. Tuckman. At number fifty-six, with eleven percent finish, The Lees of Virginia: Seven Generations of an American Family by Paul C. Nigel. At number fifty-seven, with eleven percent finish the song by Robert Pry- by Robin Pryor and Trevor Wilson. At number 58 with 10% finish, put don't put me in coach my incredible ncaa journey from the end of the bench to the end of the bench by Mark Titus. At number 59 with 10% finish, revolutionary russia from not, from 1891 from 1891 to 1991 a history by Orlando Figgis. At number 60 Or number 60 with 10% finish, War War in the East, A Military History of the Russo-Turkish War of 1877 and 1878 by Quinton Berry. And number 61 with 9% finish, A World on Fire, Britain's Crucial Role in the American Civil War by Amanda Foreman. And number 62, with a 9% finish, the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird, Bob Cousy, Red Arback, and other legends recall great moments in Celtics history by Michael D. McClellan and Von Yol and Volkzian. And number 63 with 9% finish, Normandy 44, D-Day, and the epic 77-day battle for France by James Holland. And number 64 with 9% finish, the S- the Second World War by Anthony Beaver. And number 65 with 8% finish, Now Taking the Field, Baseball's All Time Dream Teams for All 30 Franchises by Tom Stone. And number 66 with 8% finish, Stout Hots, The British and Canadians in Normandy, ni- 1944 by Ben Kitt. And number 67 with 8% finish, When the Irish Invaded Canada, The Incredible True Story of the American Civil War Veterans. Who Fought for Ireland's Freedom by Christopher Klein. At number 66, uh, or number 68 with 7% finish, A Frozen Hell by uh, William R. Trotter. At number 69 with 7% finish, The Conquest of Illinois from 1778 1778 to 1779 by George Rogers Clark. At number 70 with 7% finish, how the Irish Saved Civilization by Thomas Cahill. At number 71, with 7% finish, no victory in Valhalla's, the untold story of the Fur Battalion of the Five Hundred Six Parachute Infantry Regiment from Bastogne to Birch's Garden by Ian Gardner and Ed Shames. At number 72, with 7% finish, the rise and fall of the British Empire, by Lawrence James. At number 73 with 6% finish, The Boys of Winter, the untold story of a coach, a dream, and the 1980 U.S. Olympic team by Wayne Coffey. At number 74 with 6% finish, Brutal Valor, the, tra- the Tragedy and Ensuwana by James Macy. At number 75 with 6% finish, Last Man Standing: The Memoirs, Letters, and Photographs of a Teenage Officer by R- Richard Van Enden. A number sixty six or number seventy-six was six percent finished. The Men Who Lost America: British Leadership, the American Revolution, and the Fate of the Empire by Andrew Jackson O'Shaughnessy. And number seventy-seven was six percent finished. from the new, Tales from the Green Bay Packers. A collection of the greatest Packer stories ever told by Chuck Carlson. At number seventy, number seventy-eight, with six percent finish, unfinished business: the politics of the sentient Irish Republicanism by Marissa McClinchy. And number seventy-nine, with six percent finish, the War of eighteen twelve: the Forgotten Conflict by Donald R. Hickey. By Donald R. Hickey. At number 80 with 6% finish the years of endurance from 1793 to 1802 by arthur bryant a number 81 with 5% finish a history of the boston or a history of the boston braves a time gone by by william j craig a number 82 with 5% finish decision and antinum A counterfactual history of the American of the Civil War by Andrew J. Heller. And number 83 with 5% finish, Michael Jordan, A Life by Rollin Lansenby. And number 84 with 5% finish. 100 Things Sharks fans should know and do before they die by Ross McKeon. And number 85 with 5% finish. Showboat, The Life of Kobe Bryant by Ron Lansenby. And number 86 with 4% 4% finish, Celtic, the official history by Brian Wilson. And number 87, with 4% finish, The Dream Team, How Michael, Magic, Larry, Charles, and the Greatest College Team of All Time Conquered the World and Changed the Game of Basketball Forever by Jack McCollin. And number 88, with 4% finish, Lower the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Token. And number 89 with 4% finish, The Grim Reaper, The Life and Career of a Reluctant Warrior by Stu Grimson and Kevin Allen. And number 90 with 4% finish, If These Walls Can Talk, Stories from the Boston Bruins, Ice, Locker Room, and Press Box by Dale Arnold and Matt Coleman. Number 91 with 4% finish, Miracle at Fenway, the Inside Story of the Two of the Boston Red Sox 2004 Championship Season by Saul Wasina And number 92 with 4% finish. The Office: The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s, an Oral History by Andy Green. And number 93 with 4% finish. 100 Things Wisconsin Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die by Jesse Temple by Jesse Temple and Barry Alvarez. At number 94 with 4% finish, Scribe, My Life Life in Sports by Bob Ryan. At number 95 with 4% finish, Showtime, Magic, Kareem Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s by Jeff Perlman. At number 94 with 3% finish, Bunker Hill, A City, A Siege, A Revolution, by uh Nathaniel Pilbrick and number 97 with three percent finish to the, def- the defense of Sebastopol from 1941 to 1942 a Soviet perspective by uh, Cl- by a uh, Clayton Donald Donald yeah. 19, or uh, uh, at number 98 with or 98 with three percent finish the fall Berlin 1945 by Anthony Bieber. At number 99 with 3% finish, Gettysburg, by Stephen W. Sears. At 100, at number 100 with 3% finish, Gorilla Days in Ireland, Tom Barry's autobiography by Tom Barry. At 101, at at 101 with 3% finish, The Original Curse: Did the Cubs Throw the 1918 World Series to Babe Ruth's Red Sox? and ignited the Black Sox scandal by Sean Devaney. At, one, at 102, with 3% finish, The Romanoffs from 1613 to 1918, by Simon Seabag Montefiore. At 103, with 3% finish, Take Me to Your Paradise, a history of the of Celtics-related incidents and events by Liam Kelly. At 104 with 2% finish a higher call an incre- incredible true story of combat and chivalry in the war in war-torn skies of world war II by uh, a Andrew- by uh, adam makos and alexander or larry alexander and number f- at, a- at 105 with 2% finish a history of the ottoman empire by Doug- by a uh, douglas h howard At 106 with 2% finish, A Patriot's History of the United States, From Columbus to America's Age of Entitlement by Larry uh, Yeah. At at 107 with 2% finish, Aces Falling, War Above the Trenches, 1918 by Peter Hart. At 108 with 2% finish, An Officer in the Iron Brigade by Rufus R. Dawes. At 109, with 2% finish, Basketball, A Love Story by Jackie McMullen. At 110, with 2% finish, Celtic Football, How the League Was Won 49 Times by David Potter. At 111, with 2% finish, 521, The Story of Ted Williams Home Runs by Bill Nolan. At 112, with 2% finish, Grant and Sherman, The the Friendship That Won the Civil War by Charles Braceland Flood. At 113, with 2% finish, Jack Parker's Wise Guys by Tim Rapoli. At 114, with 2% finish, John Adams by David McCullough. At 115, with 2% finish, Jutland, 1916, Death in the Great Waste, by Nigel Steele and Peter Hart. At 116 with 2% finish, Loose Balls, by Terry Pluto. At 117 with 2% finish, Primetime Propaganda, The True Hollywood Story of How the Left Took Over Your TV, by Ben Shapiro. At 118 with 2% finish, The Reagan Diaries, by Ronald Reagan. At 119, with 2% finish, Ty Cobb, A Terrible Beauty by Charles Lynchson. At 102, American Ulysses, the Life, of the Life of Ulysses S. Grant by Ronald C. White Jr., 1% finish. At 121, with 1% finish, Day of Infamy, The Bombing of Pearl Harbor by Walter Lord. At 122, with 1%. 1, with 1% finish from Colony to Superpower, the U.S. foreign relations since 1776 by George C. Herring. At 123, Grant by Ron Chernow, 1% finish. At 124, with 1% finish, Tower of Skulls, a history of the Asia-Pacific War from July 1937 to May 1942 by Richard B. Frank. And uh, at 125 with 1% finish and last place, William Tecons Sherman, in service of my country, a life by James Lee McCona- McDonough. All right, and your champion for season four is a classic season, Celtic Football Club, 1967 to 1968, 1967-68 season, maintaining excellence by David Potter at 55%. Yeah, we usually play we are the champions at this rate, but, yeah, we yeah, I decided not to yet. So, yeah, there you have it, your season four champion, classic season. All right, so we'll take a break and then come back and wrap up the show. All right, we are back to uh, wrap up the show, but first we're going to talk about uh, the book report that I have done about the book that I finished, uh, classic season, Celtic Football Club 1967 1968 season, maintaining excellence by uh, David Potter. And it's a really short book, too. Like it basically just takes you a day to finish. But the book is about uh, after uh, the so it talks about like t- covers the season after their uh, great season of 1966 1967 season, which is remembered in its Celtics Celtic football club history as possibly the greatest season of all time where they won the Scottish League again. They won the Scottish Cup, the Scottish Scottish League Cup, and they won the European Cup all four in a row. And not, something that they haven't really done and possibly will never do ever again in their team's history, win all three of the domestic uh, championships that I mentioned and the European Cup, which is now the UEFA Cup. Um and basically did in one season. They did all with a group of local guys and stuff like that. So this book co- covers the season afterwards, the 68 season, where they're now being uh, expected to do that all over again. So they lose out in the European Cup, and then it looks like they're going to lose out in the Scottish League Cup, or I mean not the Scot- the Scottish Cup. They already lost out of that, and then it kind of looks like to – with that, uh, they're going to lose the league championship and their free, free, stri- or free beats going to come to an end. And then we just have to settle for the Scottish League Cup. Um, so, yeah, so like it looks like they're a little bit behind Rangers. And like the work or the low point of the season is like a 2 2 tie on, a, on a New Year's or a, on New Year's Day against Rangers at Celtic Park, where like it ended a 2 2 tie. And then they basically just went on a run, or 16-to-1 run, and basically climbed their way back up the Scottish League Premier standings and all the way up to the point where, like, at the end of the season, they were able up to uh, cap off a comeback, take overtake Rangers, and win the Scottish Premier Premier League again for the third or fourth year in a row. So it was a pretty neat book. A really short book, too, so, like, we'll take you, like, Not a lot of time to uh, finish, or not a lot of time to finish, so, like, it really was quick. So, yeah. So, it was kind of neat, like, reading about that history and reading about that book. Yeah, talking reliving some of those games. Not reliving, but, like, learning about some of those games and Celtics history and how they basically, yeah, basically took over their arch-rival Rangers and stuff like that. So, it was a pretty neat book. Great read. I recommend it to anyone and everyone who uh enjoys sports or like basically has sports books and stuff like that so my prediction of who will possibly uh what book report will do next is we'll possibly talk read about a uh, warsaw 1920 Field, conquest of europe so this is during the soviet polish war of 1919 1920 so yeah so that book might be getting done pretty soon we might do a book report about that so ready to expect that yeah not a lot else to do yeah saturday afternoon all right a r news i hope sports are coming back soon see at this point i mean i kind of need to talk about scores i mean news i mean it's great to talk about some a little bit news but how else we want to talk about scores and stuff like that? So, yeah. All right. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. Subscribe, run, review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review. if you can follow the show on Twitter at podcast Royal. And then follow my first pers- or follow my personal Twitter page at junkyard dog underscore 92. We will have those in the details of the episode. Follow the show on Instagram at RoarRooters1992. And then follow the TikTok. Well let's, let's see if the TikTok page is still up. I did hear some fuck with him. Sorry. All right. I guess the TikTok page is still. <laughs> Sorry about that. We will we will put an explicit on that. Yeah. So yeah, so it looks like a TikTok. Because there was a rumor this week that the US government was going to uh ban TikTok. And it looks like it's still here. It looks like I can still access this page. I can still post stuff. I don't know why do people do this. Why do they spread rumors like this? Beats me. All right. So anyway, so anyway, so follow the TikTok page at Rooter's nineteen ninety two. Um, we'll have those in the details of the episode. Follow the show on at follow the Pinterest page and then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google. Raker, Overcast, Podcast, Pocket Cast, Royal, Radio Radio Public, and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from, doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, I feel like that about do it. See you guys. Uh, see you guys at uh, uh, next week, Banyana. Spot a little hottie when I flipped up the shade looking like a red ride sitting in the driveway Bottle of
1: Ciroc with her and a Kool-Aid She done pulled up like I'm getting rid of ways Are you tired from running through my mind? Take a break and we can have a good time Show you moves like I'm a new James Brown Me and you should get a room right now Cause if it's gone, I'll throw it away you are worth more than every single chain. It ain't gon' work if you don't want it to Best drink I take is when I'm sipping you you know where I go when we're dancing Handshakes in the Hamptons And getting drunk in the mansion For you And you look so classic, Come through with that magic You know that I'm about to smash it It's true. Take it to the room, I could take it to the beach. But we gotta leave it nine, cause I gotta get my sleep. You could be the early bird, I'ma give that wine. get that one. Give it me, I'll take it round the world. Cause if it's gone, I'll throw it away. You're in every single chain. Why would a live? It just means I'm cool. Next trip I take it's just me and you. You know where I go when we're dancing. Handshakes in the hamptons and dancing. getting drunk in the mansion with you. And you look so classic. Come do it, that magic. You know that I'm about to yeah. smash you so. through the boat. You said you're living up enough when you're coming to the A. You said you need to find a crib. well tell me where you want to stay. I know we're not too pressed for time, but can you pick up on the place? i of looking at your pictures, want to be a in your face. I want to dance, but you want to laugh, I want to sing. Take you on the road, have you rocking, i am plane. to Don't know if you're the one, but if you're out, you get a ring. stay of down the line, don't want to rush the type of things. I'm a mama's boy, so you gotta meet my mama first. Let you put the coupe around, you use the seatbelt first. New shoes, new shoes clothes and Chanel purse, they came in the hip, is got a lazy girl. You know what I'm dancing, handshakes in the Hamptons, and getting drunk in the mansion for you, and you look so classy, come through with that magic, you know that I'm about to smash it, so,
0: It's over. Go home. Go home, please.